My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. Our small stories are exactly where Jesus works. We do not need to be known to be used. I'm so glad you found the We're Not Done Yet podcast, a special place for emptiness moms who are trying to find out what Jesus wants them to do next. I'm Susan Macias, author of the book, Unceasing, A Parent's Guide to Conquer Worry and Pray with Power, and the devotional, 31 Days, Praying for My Daughter. Sister, the Lord places special calls on this emptiness stage of our life. So let's help each other figure out what to do next, because we're not done yet. Before we start the interview, if you or your church is looking for a speaker for your women's group, I just want to let you know there is nothing I love better than teaching the Word of God to a hungry group of women. I love encouraging, exhorting, and calling women to follow the Lord in whatever season of life they find themselves. So go on over to my website, susankmacias.com. There's a speaker page with a form you can fill out and reach out to me. I would love to minister to your group. Welcome to our last episode about three great women in the Bible. I hope you've learned something from looking at these women in the Bible that are a little more obscure, a little more normal, if you would even say. Ones who have regular lives, who are going along, who have these opportunities to serve the Lord where they are. And I've found a lot of inspiration from them. None of them had particularly easy lives. All of them had challenges. But I believe that our problems and failures are places of redemption and more important, proclamation. Those are the places that we have, the platforms, if you will, to speak of Jesus into the world exactly where we are. And I just wanted to pull today some principles that I see that apply to us directly from looking at these women's lives. The first one is that our age doesn't matter in order to serve the Lord. We had two women that we've looked at in these last episodes, one on one end of the age spectrum and one on the other. The young girl that we met in 2 Kings is certainly a youth from all of the Hebrew that is is used there. There's no other understanding of that. And then we have Anna, and we know that she was advanced in years because that's exactly how Luke describes her. Neither one of those women were disqualified from serving the Lord because of their age. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. So we can see it doesn't matter if you're young. That is not a place that disqualifies you from serving the Lord. On the other end, for those of us that aren't worried about being too young to serve the Lord, maybe we're a little worried about Maybe we've aged out of being effective. Psalm 71, 18 says, So even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. The psalmist is asking for even more years to proclaim the Lord. So our age does not take us out of serving the Lord. 
The second thing I see from these women is that a horrible situation does not make us unusable. And we can have very difficult things happen in our lives. Sometimes it's really just consequences of our own choices. Sometimes it's just somebody doing something bad to us. No matter what, that doesn't take us out of being used by God. When Joseph is confronted by his brothers, they're worried that he is going to come back in retribution on them for what they've done. I mean, just a few little things like selling him into slavery and telling their father he was dead. But here we are. Decades later, and what does he say to them? In Genesis 50, 19 through 20, Joseph says to them, do not fear for I am I in the place of God. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. God can use any horrible circumstance, any betrayal that has happened to us. It can be used by the Lord. Okay. Third thing, being faithful where we are changes everything. We do not always have a lot of choices about where we are or the circumstances that confine us. But no matter what, it's our being faithful that makes the difference, not the circumstance. Psalm 119.30 says, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I love that verse. And I I have it up on my wall in my room because I want to remember to keep choosing the way of faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 15.58 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. No matter what that is going on around us, we can choose to be steadfast. We can choose to serve the Lord because it's our faithfulness that makes the biggest difference. The fourth thing that I learned from these women is that our past does not condemn us or define us. And this matters a lot when we have things in our past that either we regret deeply or that have hurt us deeply in the past. We can feel like those just sort of take us out of the game. And that is not true according to scripture. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And God is proclaiming this to his people who have rejected him, who have walked away from him, who have done everything that should say, oh, forget it. I'm going to go find me a new people. But God doesn't do that. He says, I am doing a new thing with you. And we have that same promise today. Fifth principle, your identity comes from the Lord, not from your past or even your present. No matter how good or bad things are in your past or your present, they do not define your identity. They don't determine your identity. Second Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, and the things that are unseen are eternal. All three women that we talked about in the last episodes had seen things, things in their lives that could make them say, oh, forget it. We have the slave girl that has been ripped away from her family. Her family is most likely dead or at the best that they could have been would be also enslaved. 
but she would never see them again. We have Anna, who's been widowed, who has no children, who is alone and trying to proclaim the word of the Lord to people that really don't want to hear it because there's nothing new under the sun. So she had difficulties in her life. We have Lydia, who was an outsider three times over. We saw as we looked at her in the last episode, they all had reasons to feel separate from the Lord, but instead they looked at what was unseen. And because of that, it changed everything. The last principle that I learned from these women is that when a heart is tuned to the Lord, we will see Jesus. We see this so clearly in Anna, who was one of only two people to recognize in the baby Jesus without an angel come and saying, this is the Messiah. I mean, she just looked at Jesus and knew he was the Messiah. And I firmly believe it's because she was looking to the Lord and his truth every single day. And so when it showed up in front of her, it was like, boom, there he is. What about you? What about your story? What about mine? It's so easy for us to come up with excuses and reasons to turn away, to say, we don't have anything else to give, or we're too unimportant, or nobody knows us, what what we say and do, how could that possibly matter? And yet we've seen in these three women that our normal everyday lives matter. I want to repeat what I said at the beginning. Our problems and our failures are places of redemption and more important, proclamation proclamation of the Lord and his sufficiency. Our small stories are exactly where Jesus works. We do not need to be known to be used. Let me say that again. In our social media infused influencer world, we do not need to be known to be used. I'll read one more time the Ann Voskamp quote that I have read in the last three episodes because it just so profoundly affects me. I don't have a big group of followers. I don't have a major ministry. But what I do want to do is in my small little place that I work to proclaim Jesus every day. And if that affects one person, it is doing its job. Ann Voskamp wrote, Every day, with every word, we get to decide, do we mar the world or mark the world? Why in the world disdain the small? It's always the smallest strokes that add to the greatest masterpiece. Because the thing really is, do we ever really know which mark we make that will matter the most? The extraordinary things happen nowhere else but in the everyday. Do we ever really know which mark we make? that will matter the most? No, we don't. We don't. That's why we keep choosing the way of faithfulness. We keep taking Jesus into our worlds every day, looking at who we can encourage, where we can serve, who we can love in order to serve Jesus. We have a choice every moment, just like these three ladies did. And here's a hint. Our big opportunities, they're probably going to show up when we're least expecting them. Right when we're in the middle of going about our everyday lives, in the middle of our normal, and then bang, we're going to see Jesus. We're going to hear his truth. We're going to read his truth. The Lord's going to open our heart or open an opportunity to share with someone else's heart. The word is going to come in, enlighten our eyes, or 
The Lord's going to remind us of a verse to share with somebody else to enlighten their eyes. It's going to correct us. The Lord's going to give us courage. We're going to be able to follow him more. And when that happens, then we make a mark for Jesus on the world. And we have this choice at those moments. What would we do with Jesus right there and right then? Think about it right now. What are we going to do with Jesus? Are we going to direct people toward truth? Maybe invite them to the church. Maybe tell them about someone to talk to or to listen to. The slave girl wasn't adequate, but she knew just enough truth to change somebody's life. We'll have the choice. Are we going to be so attuned with Jesus that we recognize him when he shows up? Anna recognized Jesus in the arms of two peasants. There was nothing. There was an angel singing around them. She just recognized him. Will we see and pray Jesus? And then continue to speak of him to anybody we get the opportunity to? Another question, will we walk faithfully and without excuses in the truth we have and seek fellowship with the people of God so that when deeper teaching comes, our hearts will be ripe to understand? That's what Lydia did. Who Lydia was and the choices she had made set her up for when she heard about Jesus, she was ready to jump We need to be with other believers in the way of truth so that we also can be influenced to follow hard after more truth. And lastly, are we going to obey in the small? Are we going to do just the small little things we can so that when we have a chance to speak to one person, when we have a chance to see Jesus in a small place, when we have a chance to follow hard after him, that we will be set up and ready to go because there are no small stories. There are no unimportant decision. The small place of faithfulness can change the course of our lives and in the process in the lives of those we touch. You, my dear sister, are a great woman of the Lord. Choose Him every day in the small places to follow hard, to look for Him always, and to speak truth wherever you are. Thanks for joining me today. Check out my website, susankmacias.com, to find more encouragement and to be empowered toward taking your next step. Connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Susan K. Macias. If you enjoyed the podcast, would you please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or whatever platform you listen on? Subscribe and share it with a friend who needs some encouragement to pursue God's call. And what about you? What's Jesus calling you to do? Be brave. Take a baby step. Do the next thing. Because you're not done yet. 